Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. You often talk about how in order for us to come into our full power and our full divinity, we have to have our hearts broken open. And Mm -hmm. I've thought about that a lot and I just really wanted you to explain it better or explain it (laughs) because... I'm not sure. Because my previous explanations were insufficient. <laughs> no, kind of. Because only, not because of they were insufficient, but also because it's the idea that for me, when I hear that, it's you have to grow from pain. Yeah. So I just really want to understand what you mean. I mean, I get that because it sounds counterintuitive. If we're here to heal and grow into love and, you know, be divine beings, then why would we do shit like that to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Just imagine that in the throes of separation, right, when, when we're sort of in that deep, closed space of separation, right, when you are in the, in the depth of your pain, what happens is that your heart, your emotional body is closed. When you are in pain, you are closed off, right? And so a part of what has defined human experience and part of human nature is to not have an open heart. And what do right? we mean by an open heart? To be connected to the divine. As we've said somewhere, somehow, that our emotional bodies are the portal, the multidimensional portal, and that's how we access our spiritual body. So mm-hmm. if our emotional bodies are shut down because mm-hmm. life is so painful and we are in separation and therefore we are not connected to our divinity, what happens is that our hearts are shut. And so in order to break open our hearts, what do we have to do? Because humans, by design, like comfort. They like the familiar they become complacent. And so the only way in which we have often been able to change or shift out of our complacency is when we have some kind of emotional investment because we want to feel safe. So when we're emotionally invested, we're like, okay, I need this to feed me, but feed me in the right way so I don't feel any pain. But if something feeds us in the quote unquote right way, we don't grow. It merely just feeds the complacency. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Okay, so we're still on the right track. Okay, good. So in order to break someone out of their complacency, to be able to open them up to their divinity, they literally have to be broken open. And so that would often take some kind of story around something that we can be emotionally invested in in order to get us there. But that was only in 3D. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Because when we're in separation, that's when we need it the most. Which means that actually the move from our human identity mm-hmm. to our divine identity can often be quite painful. Yes. Which is why we be. say you grow, like, which is why we seem to believe that we learn from pain. Yeah. Because when we're in separation, we can only learn really from pain mm-hmm. because what we feel our muted version of joy is literally just comfort. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the, I'm safe here. Thanks. I don't have to live in my fear. I don't even have to feel fear. Everything's just kind of, you know, reinforcing my sense of safety in this very small way. Well, also, I can just pretend my fear isn't there. So if, for example, if someone loves me, I'm not unlovable. If someone chooses me, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, we can find the and what we believe is the antidote to our karmic story in someone else or exactly. something else. Mm-hmm. So then we think that's joy, but it's just relief. Yes. And... Actually, when we're broken open and we allow actual emotions to rise up, what also (laughs) tends to rise up is all the old emotions we've been pushing down, 
which are what needs to be healed Mm -hmm. in order for us to have a healed emotional body and then therefore access the spiritual body. So healing the emotional body looks painful, may Mm -hmm. feel painful because it's all the old feelings that we've avoided feeling. But actually, once that's done, Mm -hmm. then we just have a connection to our spiritual body. And the benefit to that, too, is our emotions get to finally find a space. And then we suddenly have a very balanced and harmonious emotional state, don't we? Because it can sort of span that whole emotional spectrum. So we're not just in this very limited, it's good or it's bad. We associate our fears coming true or potentially coming true with icky feelings. And we associate the sweet relief that they haven't yet with good feelings, nice feelings, right? (laughs) Uh But once we get to a place where we've cleared up our emotional shit, Mm -hmm. then we can see that every feeling doesn't really mean very much apart from how we're feeling in a moment. And then we can use our emotional states to help us in our consciousness choose whatever we want to do next or what our heart's desires are or how we want to reach our purpose or even see what our purpose is or how we feel about certain things or we can use our emotional body as it was always meant to be used which is a barometer of our progress a barometer of our fate Mm -hmm. well I had one question which was how do you know if you have an open heart you don't identify with anything outside of who you are okay that makes sense so when you have an open heart you're not using other things to define your worth Exactly. So basically you're operating inside out rather than outside in. But is that open heart what you would describe as a divine identity? The open heart enables the divine identity. Okay, fine. Yeah. But that therefore means that moving from a human identity to a divine identity is pretty fucking tough. It's hard. And you can attest to that. In part because you did it in a short amount of time. How long does it often take someone to move? A lifetime, Rhea. Lifetimes sometime. Part of that process, not the entire process, but really when we're moving from human identity to divine identity, does not, first of all, mean that we lose our human selves when we say that. No. It just means means that you see that you're human. What do we call it? Human plus, 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 plus. Plus, plus, plus. Exactly. Oh, that's what <laughs> no, no, called. no. I was yeah. just adding pluses. Well, I called it pluses. human plus. <laughs> oh, you were adding pluses. pluses. I was adding wow. pluses. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, fine. It's exponential. Yeah, because we just mean like you're, you're like hu- human and more. Exactly. You're still you, but you just are more you. Yeah. In a good way. Exactly. You still have your hunger. You still have your desires. You still have certain things um, that make you very human. And that's part of being in body. And it's a beautiful and awesome thing. And also, it's fun. It's fucking fun. I'm literally, I, f- I feel like I'm like the spokeswoman for fun divinity. <laughs> <laughs> Should trademark that. Yeah. But when you are in certain parts of this path, it's the karmic path. It has to be walked alone. That makes total sense. Yeah. As much as I wish it, and look, the thing is, I will talk like from my personal experience of it, and everyone will have a slightly different experience. First of all, I was lucky because looking on the outside it doesn't necessarily look like I walked it alone I had you I had my friends I had my family I had the podcast I had the books I had you know in some ways I had the guides you know I had all of it right but at the end of the you day had an army I had like a little army to get through it and I fu- thank fuck because I probably would have imploded otherwise but I was also just a- I was alone Right? I was the one making the choices. I was the one feeling the feelings. When I went into the depths of my like sadness, no one else could feel that or know what that was like or get me out of it. And that's actually what made me realize how much 
of it was inside out, not outside in, because if someone else could help me, if someone else could save me, then they would have. That was actually the kind of slap in the face, to be honest, Hmm. when I realized it really doesn't matter what you have on the external side, because you do have to work through this alone, because otherwise all it's doing is it's shaping your perceptions and then it's shaping your choices. Mm -hmm. No one can save me from that. No one can change those perceptions and no one can change those choices. No one can love me out of being unlovable. No. No one can (laughs) fix you out of being broken. No one can see you out of being nothing. It doesn't work. And in the end, when you kind of get to the end, you kind of feel a little bit like a hero, like a little bit of a warrior. You're like, you know what I've done? (laughs) What do you mean a little bit? A fuck ton. And that's how, and that's the point because that's the really empowering bit is knowing that you did manage that part of the path on your own. But thank God I'm at a place now when I know no matter what happens, I'll be okay. I'll process it. I'll deal with it. I'll move on. And that does mean that instead of making choices based on I need you to save me, I need you to fix me, I need you to assuage my egos or my fears or my make me believe that my karma's not here or make me anything, right? Mm-hmm. That, that phrase, make me even kind of says a lot about what (laughs) someone else is doing. They made me feel sad or they made me feel great or whatever. I don't need that. And because of that, I know when I make a choice about someone or something, it's because I'm doing it because I want to, not because I'm scared not to. And that is a very empowering place to be because it means you're choosing to add to your life, not choosing to run away from it. And that's the accountability piece that you were responsible for yourself. But I just find it all ironic because I do get that in order for us to get to oneness, we have to be healed whole individuals Mm -hmm. because that's how we see ourselves as one and therefore see others as one too. And that also means that we can't realize our divinity with kind of a herd mentality because, you know, oh, if she did it, then I'm that too. Yeah. Because we all have to figure it out from ourselves. Or I want to do what she did. Give me the pill. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, I just remember what you say a lot, which is how we bring 5D through us. Mm -hmm. So once we become almost 5D, as it were, so we are in oneness with ourselves, that oneness with ourselves is what echoes out into the world, just like hurt people hurt people and pain inflicts more pain. Mm -hmm. Oneness creates more oneness. Yes. Even if it's just giving other people the space to do their own crap so that they can come into oneness with themselves and therefore they can come into oneness with the world right yeah because one of the most beautiful things to me about oneness is that it allows Mm. it gives permission to and that kind of allowing is what enables everything else to come into wholeness if you don't have an appropriate level of self-focus to enable self-care which would then be a sort of responsible kind of independence Mm. then all you have are a bunch of sheep What's important is that we always need to maintain a level of independence in order to get to oneness. Being in oneness does mean that you are accountable to the community at large. Yes. But it doesn't mean that you sacrifice yourself for that community at large. In families, in romance, in governments, in everything else, love Mm -hmm. is an act of service. Love is an act of sacrifice. Love is an act of martyrdom in many ways, right? Someone is saving someone else if they love them. So when we hear that, we think, okay, so in order to show the fact that we're good citizens, we're good community members, we must sacrifice ourselves for the greater community, right? Mm -hmm. If we think about seeing the divine in us and honoring ourselves and as a result honoring others... That means that we are doing both at the same time, 
which is possible. But we're just trying to figure out how, when actually it's not we serve the community, then as a result, we serve ourselves. It's actually the other way around. We serve ourselves. We deal with our shit. We open our hearts. Mm -hmm. We allow them to be broken open. And then we keep them open. In doing so and empowering ourselves, we then are able to empower others. And therefore, that is how we serve. Because if someone then takes your power away, it wasn't yours to start with. Exactly. Therefore, you were still in separation where someone else kept you away. Because if you're in separation, you're not in oneness, which is your power. Once you're in oneness, your power is part of you. Yeah. And in separation, we know the three the three tent poles of separation were government, religion, and the economy. They were what gave us our power. Yes. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say, well, if I had more means, I'd be able to live in my joy? It's not our fault that we think that. No, at all. It's not the, our fault that we ever lived that way. No. It's not our fault that we scroll and scroll and imagine a different life for ourselves than the one we had. Because that's how we've been taught and trained. It's what we've been socialized and conditioned to do. And also because separation thrives on rules and therefore expectations. So therefore, one cannot have magic and abundance and separation because it's one of the three things in the equation, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you have rules, then you have expectations, which means therefore you're always living in lack, which means therefore you can never be in abundance. No, it doesn't work. And the thing is, is that part of... Part of magicking, if we want to call it a verb, you know, your purpose. <laughs> we your we pur- like we like verbing things that maybe yeah, aren't yeah, meant yeah. to be. But, exactly, exactly. Well. we'll go with it. Part of magicking your life and your world, right, mm-hmm. is trying this. Oh no, I don't really like it. Trying that. Okay, it could be oh, a bit yes. different. Okay, doing this this way, doing this this way, and you know, you're creating your life as you go along. And what underpins and enables all of that is complete and absolute freedom, which is not something that anybody has ever been able to do or to live in before. And so of course people are going to want to fall back on rules because they're going to think, well, I don't really know this is all really quite scary and new and different. Being fluid. fluid and seeing like all the different possibilities and probabilities out there. We are perpetually living in lack, which means we are perpetually disempowered, which mm-hmm. also means we are perpetually not living up to our full potential and not really being able to create what we actually fully desire. We're settling for something just that miss- misses the mark because we don't think we can get any better. And that is because of the lack mentality. And I'm just, I'm not saying that we have to run from job to job or person to person or Mm -hmm. career to career or whatever it is. Like, it is very possible that these things evolve as we do. It's very possible that these things last our whole lives. But what I'm saying is, is if we make it our whole lives and make it dependent on us being alive, then actually what we're doing is we're just stopping ourselves from experiencing better, more Mm -hmm even if it's in the same person, even if it's in the same job, even if it's in the same everything. Because the minute we start holding onto something so tight, we crush it. I mean, I'll tell you, what happens is that the more you attuned you become with every experience or just when you get one lesson, suddenly you start to wake up. And this is what Ron had taught me early on is the moment you could just stop and say, why did I call this to myself why did I create this scenario you stop needing those multiple lessons Mm. or multiple experiences right and for those who don't believe in spirituality necessarily Mm -hmm. as we've said a million times your perceptions impact your choices and your choices impact your experience right so even if you don't necessarily believe that the universe you are the universe and you're sending it to yourself you can still say why am I making these choices what perceptions do I have Mm -hmm. 
that are, that are backing up these stories. So asking yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself that I'm choosing from is the only way to free yourself from whatever story it is. Because clearly, if you're asking yourself, you're not enjoying the story and you want to be free of it. People don't say they're going, I wonder what story I'm telling myself for everything to have worked out so perfectly. <laughs> you know, I'm so happy. I wonder what story I'm telling myself. <laughs> not all really. amazing. <laughs> we only ask ourselves, like, we, all, we only elevate the experience mm-hmm. by asking why yeah. when we need to ask why <laughs> and we want to be free of the why. Well, the why is effectively so that we can really come to understand ourselves so well that we understand what is in our highest good. And what's in our highest good, we will know, right, from experience. And you say, like, you know, it's discernment or whatever. And I'm just like... (laughs) You're so dismissive of that word, Rhea. No, because I do get it. But it's like, just keep trying, trying different things and having that freedom and just being like, but you can't know what's in your highest good if you believe one only one thing is ever your highest good, right? You have to be more open than that. Completely. Because I think, you know, if we, as I said in the last episode, if I kept myself to the small lists, Mm -hmm. I never would have experienced things that were way beyond anything I could have dreamed of that were way better. And as you were saying, what's really important is the moment we don't have expectation. I mean, this is really what kills me about um, conventional and even contemporary manifestation is sort of how we're expected to visualize things. But Mm. our limited mind and experience can only visualize what it knows yeah, or what it's seen. Yeah. And that already begins to diminish our power because then we start to close ourselves off to possibilities. The other possibilities, yeah. Yeah. And so what is important in order to maintain our divine identity is to release ourselves from the idea that things have to be a certain way. Or that the one thing that we do has to be perfect. We put all this energy into into creating one thing that's going to go so well. It sucks ever, all the life out of us. And we don't have the energy for everything else, which is actually going to be much more magical in my opinion. Yeah. And I remember you told me once, you gave me a piece of advice that actually was fucking genius. Um, take credit for it. But <laughs> it, was, it was set an intention on how you want to feel, mm. not what you want to see or what you want to happen. Because actually, ultimately, every expectation, I thought about it, and I thought every expectation we have, every result that we have, is very much based on us wanting to then feel a certain way as a result of that expectation. Mm-hmm. So without, we can still have the ent- intention of the feeling yeah. whilst removing the expectation. Therefore, that's much more likely to allow that feeling to actually happen, right? Because if we attach a certain feeling to an expectation, we're making two assumptions. One, that the only way to feel that feeling is with that specific expectation. Mm -hmm. And two, that if it happens in reality, that expectation will make us feel that way. Yes. Neither of those necessarily, they're both very limiting beliefs. So actually, if we focus on what we want to feel, which is effectively the same for all of us, which is you describe as whole and I describe as love, peace, happiness, joy, all those things, then, or a continuation of that in some way, Mm -hmm. then actually what it does is it removes the expectations but still very much sets that intention in there of what we want to experience. So it's not, we're not saying, I'll just, you know, settle for anything or let anything come or just flow by and lie down and let things come to you. No, we're just saying, actually make the intention for what you're really making the intention for, which isn't the thing, the person or the job. It's the feeling underneath it. Mm -hmm. And that way, you're much more likely to get it and more because you're allowing for it to come in. 
And you're much more well, likely to know when it's not working for you. Much faster. Exactly. And you're much less attached to the expectation because you're not really holding it. Exactly. And the more we really operate from our divine identity, the more we can really remain open to all those experiences that will not only help keep us in wholeness, but will be an expression of our wholeness. Even though mm. I just feel like I just said a bunch of spiritual blah, blah, blah. It's true, though, <laughs> as we want to, you know, as we are in 5D and oneness comes out of us, as you say, as you quote me back to me, that we are really going to begin to see then what a whole world looks like through all of mm. our actions and mm. intentions, as you said. But the only way to realize all of that potential, both human and divine, is to go against all the seeming limitations that only exist because we've allowed them to. I okay. do have a question. Okay. We do this work. We get our open hearts. We, really, we have our divine identity, Ooh. right? <laughs> Success. <laughs> Success. We are whole. We have the love, happiness, peace. Yes. Then what's the point? But that's for you to decide. That's the point. So it's just expressions we, of that wholeness. It's expressions of that and experiences of that. And then it's also understanding where that fits into the larger picture, the global picture, if you will, the galactic picture, the universal picture, because that's when those perspectives will begin to make sense. And then we can understand our role in it because at this moment and what we've been swimming in when we're in our disempowerment is the fact that we don't have a place in any of that, Right. That's all kind of existing outside of us, right? All these circumstances. We don't matter in the big picture. But when we are, because we are sort of in this rather strange gray area where we all are very acutely aware that there's a lot of shit going on in the world, we are not in a place where we can legitimately address it. Mm. And that's what's to come. We cannot get there until we get through all of our healing. And that's really the point. When you're asking, well, what's the point? What's next? That's the point. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.